Warning, the following message may be offensive to some audiences. These audiences may include, but are not limited to, professing Christians who never read their Bible, sissies, sodomites, men with man buns, those who approve of men with man buns, man bun enablers, white knights for men with man buns, homemakers who have finished Netflix but don't know how to meal plan, and people who refer to their pets as fur babies. Viewer discretion is advised. People are tired of hearing nothing but doom and despair on the radio. The message of Christianity is that salvation is found in Christ alone, and any who reject Christ therefore forfeit any hope of salvation, any hope of heaven. The issue is that humanity is in sin and the wrath of Almighty God is hanging over our heads. They will hear his words, they will not act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment, when the fires of wrath come, they will be consumed and they will perish. God wrapped himself in flesh, condescended, and became a man, died on the cross for sin, was resurrected on the third day, has ascended to the right hand of the Father, where he sits now to make intercession for us. Jesus is saying there is a group of people who will hear his words, they will act upon them, and when the floods of divine judgment come in that final day, their house will stand. Welcome to Bible Bashed, where we aim to equip the saints for the works of ministry by answering the questions you're not allowed to ask. Listen and enjoy this latest episode as Pastor Tim answers your sincere questions. Here's Pastor Tim. On this episode of Bible Bash, we will be answering the question, how do I get assurance? And in order to answer this question, we're going to be dealing with an individual who might be described as a helpless victim. Uh, now, when you live in a victim society like the one that we live in today, uh, one of the things that you're going to find is that most uh, moral or spiritual problems are going to be viewed through this language of victimization. And, and when we talk about these moral or spiritual problems, we talk about it in the language of victimization, and our sympathies go out uh, to these moral or spiritual problems. Uh, as if the individual is suffering from some sort of debilitating illness. Uh, so if you encounter an individual, for example, who has cancer, then one of the things you're going to think in almost all cases is that this individual is suffering from a problem that's mostly beyond their control. Now, it might be that there are uh, some forms of cancer out there uh, which are self-inflicted, and leaving that aside for a moment, uh, for the most part, when you are interacting with an individual, though, who is suffering from some sort of illness, if they have a brain tumor or something like that, uh, typically what the expectation is, is is that your sympathies go out for them and they're suffering from a problem that's fundamentally beyond their ability to control. And then um, you don't blame them for their problem and you don't encourage them to take responsibility to fix that kind of problem if you're dealing with what you might describe as a true victim. Uh, so there might be some sort of scenarios where an individual is a true victim of, of a problem, but then they're encouraged to take some sort of measured responsibility. But generally, the way it works in our world today is that once an individual gets this, uh, this label of victim, uh, this coveted label, essentially all moral responsibility is removed from them almost for the rest of their life in some kind, in some instances. Uh, and and, and uh, there basically is no uh, greater, uh, there's no label essentially that's going to bestow upon an individual with more power and more privileges than this label of victim. And the same thing is true as it relates to the topic of assurance. So if you are encountering an individual who is failing to trust in the promises of God uh, that are clearly spelled out in scripture, uh, 
you are going to describe them in the language of victimization and the way that I just described them just now as failing to trust in the promises of God as you see in scripture that sounds mean it sounds rude it sounds insensitive it sounds harsh uh, because we uh, this idea of victimization is so thoroughly embedded in our mind uh, so that it's much more natural to describe them as suffering from some sort of spiritual attack or suffering from a lack of assurance uh, and, and and all that and so the, you notice how it's just very natural and normal to talk about this kind of problem in the language of victimization. And not only is it normal and natural to talk about it in the language of victimization, if you fail to talk about it in the language of victimization, then you're going to be viewed as harsh and unloving and rude and everything else and probably, you know, pride, pr- uh, proud and arrogant and, you know, hateful bigot. So, uh, so when you think about this topic of assurance, one of the things you realize, though, is that assurance in of itself, a lack of assurance, this is not fundamentally a problem of victimization uh, so individuals they uh, individuals who have no assurance they are failing to engage in certain moral actions in one way or the uh, another that the bible commands them to engage in so it's not just uh, uh, some simple uh, situation where an individual is being victimized by something outside of himself uh, now uh, the bible will tell us over and over again that we uh, that christians are we're told to walk by faith and not by sight. Uh, And what it means to walk by faith and not by sight is to live your life in such a way that you are prioritizing what's revealed in the scripture over and against the things that your senses are telling you. Uh, So we're told to walk by faith. That means to walk in trust uh, in the promises of God with a confident expectation that what God says he will do. And there's no greater promise that God makes in the scripture than the promise that if we repent of our sins and believe the good news that Jesus died on the cross to save sinners, that we will be saved. Uh, Romans 10, 9 tells us that if we... Um, you know, confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead will be saved. And so part of having assurance is going to involve having an individual who is repenting of their sins and resting in the promises of God on on our behalf. And so to fail to have faith is fundamentally a moral problem. Now, no doubt there's a sense in which an ind- like faith in of itself is a gift of God, and we should be the kind of individuals who say, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Uh, God will help us to, uh, he will enable us to do, uh, to perform and to follow the expectations he has for us. Uh, but this uh, idea of faith in of itself involves this, uh, involves an element of trust. And so there are three components to faith that you're going to find in the Bible. Uh, you, you have a component of knowledge, you have a component of assent, and you have a component of trust. And to walk by faith is to trust that what God says is right. Uh, now, the problem, though, is that if you view this lack of faith or you view this lack of trust uh, in victimization categories, essentially what you do is you overturn the gospel. So uh, the the the, uh, the good news starts with bad news, and the bad news is that we all enter into the world as sinners, and fundamentally we can't blame God for our sin. So if we fail to trust what the Bible says, it's not a problem on God's end, it's a problem on our end. Uh, so the Bible will tell us that let, uh, let no one who is being tempted uh, say that he's being tempted by God for God can't be tempted by evil and he himself tempts no one Uh, so if we have a heart of unbelief or a heart that's dominated by a lack of trust uh, God is not forcing us against our will and against our desires to have unbelief that's in our hearts that's not the way the Bible works Uh, so you know no, 
not even hyper-Calvinists believe that God is forcing people uh, to disbelieve them against their will. Uh, so God, in some sense, is sovereign over everything, but it, but we are responsible for our unbelief. And when our unbelief manifests itself, we have to take responsibility for our unbelief, and we have to actually repent of our unbelief. And if we are unwilling to repent of our unbelief, and we're going to blame our unbelief on God, uh, the problem is that we're stuck. So you're stuck in a situation where you fundamentally... Um, are blaming your sinful lack of trust in the promises of God on God, and you're basically saying, you know, I'm going to be stuck in this state of having a lack of assurance and suffering from a lack of assurance until fundamentally you fix me. Uh, but then the problem is that, the, that uh, the Bible teaches God's sovereignty, but it also teaches human responsibility. And if if you want to get assurance, you know, if you're an individual who doesn't have assurance, then what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to learn to trust and the promises of God, no doubt by His grace and with His help and for His glory, but you're going to have to learn to trust in the promises of God. And one, what that means is you're going to have to engage in the kind of activities that are going to fundamentally help uh, uh, grow your faith, uh, and you're going to have to uh, reject the kind of activities that are going to be destructive towards your faith. Uh, so the more that we engage in high-handed rebellion against God, uh, the more that we're taking a dagger to whatever kind of faith that we have in our life. Uh, but then on the, the reverse end of that, the more that we um, read the scriptures, hear the scriptures, interact with the scriptures, meditate on the scriptures, pray about the scriptures, and pray to God, the Bible tells us that faith it comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Uh, so in order to have faith, there are certain actions that will either cultivate the faith that God has given us and help it grow or their actions which will dampen it and destroy it. Uh, but it does no good to view yourself as a helpless victim. That's the point. Uh, so in order to actually uh, gain a confident trust in the promises of God, uh, there are uh, examples and, and instructions that are given us in the scripture to help us to, to actually do this. And the more that you view yourself as a victim, the point is uh, the the less progress that you're going to make in actually gaining a uh, confident trust in uh, what God says that he's going to do. This has been another episode of Bible Bashed. We hope you have been encouraged and blessed through our discussion. We thank you for all your support and ask you to continue to like and subscribe to Bible Bashed and share our podcast with your friends and on social media. Please reach out to us with your questions, pushback, and potential topics for us to discuss in future episodes at BibleBashedPodcast at gmail.com and consider supporting us through Patreon. If you would like to be Bible Bashed personally, then please know that we also offer free biblical counseling, which you can take advantage of by emailing us. Now, go boldly and obey the truth in the midst of a biblically illiterate world who will be perpetually offended by your every move.